Welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. Fresh off of Talk the Thrones, The Ringer is introducing a new live Twitter after show covering season two of HBO's Big Little Lies. Immediately after each episode, The Ringer's Amanda Dobbins and ESPN's Mina Kimes will be going live to give their initial reactions and break down everything we saw in the episode. And to kick us off, there will be a special season two preview airing on Friday, June 7th at 12 p.m. Pacific. So join Amanda and Mina for Big Little Live every Sunday on Twitter. Hello, and welcome to another special finale edition of The Recapables Killing Eve. I am Allison Herman, and I am joined, as always, one last time by Kate Hallowell. We made it, you guys. We made it through season two. And it has Barely. concluded itself with a bang. Some people didn't make it through season two. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. And it's yes. called Killing Eve, it and is. it maybe fulfilled its title. Maybe. Who can say? This episode called Your Mine was, of course, the eighth and last of the second season of this show. A lot happened in a very compressed period of time. Answers were given. Fatalities were dealt out. Psychopaths were possibly born. (laughs) Born and died, and all sorts of things happened with psychopaths. (laughs) So, real quick, what's your tweet-length review? My tweet-length review is, Confessions of love right now before an attempted close-range murder— are so in. They are so in right now. Yeah. Quick preview. Our entire syllabus section is just like the 15 other pop cultural properties that have (laughs) weird parallels with Killing Eve. Yeah, but we did get a couple tweets asking us directly to touch on the John and Danny close-range stabbing in Game of Thrones as opposed to... You know, the OG close range stabbing of Killing Eve season one. Yes. So we will touch on that later. Thank you so much, guys, for forging connections between your various <laughs> Sunday night prestige television yes. viewings. Yes. Killing yes. Eve is obviously up against. Uh, tough Quite competition. A, yeah, I feel I feel very good that the finale got to get some breathing room post yes, Thrones. For sure. Maybe. As, as finales go, like, you know, people didn't love the Game of Thrones one, so. I mean, it looks great in comparison, no matter what. Yes. We do have some gentle and loving criticisms of this episode that we will share later, but I do feel very confident in saying I enjoyed this more Uh than Bran goddamn Stark. Yes. And real quick, my mom watches Killing Eve, loves this podcast, and she'll every Sunday, like throughout this whole season, she's texted me an hour before Game of Thrones and been like, it's time. And I'm like, no, mom, there's another hour before Game of Thrones. And then she's always like, no, killing you. I'm like, oh yeah, right. That's what you care about. <laughs> right. So the other thing that is happening. Are in order. So people's options have streamlined just in time for some stuff to go down. Yes. My tweet length review is psychopaths like other psychopaths, but they like mentoring baby psychopaths even better. About the circle of life of psychopaths, you know? Yeah. The you show gotta has, keep the ball rolling. <laughs> the show has transformed from like a twisted love story to now like a twisted mentor-mentee relationship. There are always room for more dimensions <laughs> in the Eve and Villadel attraction oh, for dynamic. Sure. It's endless. But some stuff vaguely related to geopolitics and spycraft happened in this episode. Yes, we did get some answers. We wrapped up some loose ends that we'd had throughout the season. Yes, surprisingly comprehensive answers. I had, like, but one or two minor follow-up questions. Yes, agreed. First of all, plot corner, Aaron Peel. Um, Yeah, he actually, (laughs) in addition to ordering people to be murdered, he does literally murder people. Yeah, so Villanelle finds some video footage of him 
presumably other women that he's lured to, you know, his fancy digs or on whatever vacation he's gone on. And then he, like, walks into the room and murders them. Which, first of all, Aaron Peel, like, maybe put some security on your computers. Maybe, like, a password. Even if it's, like, one, two, three, four. I mean, I was into the whole, oh, you didn't want, you right. didn't want me, me to see too. them. I know. As soon as that she was said convincing. that, I was like, oh, okay. But still, you know, think about it. I also love when she was like, Aaron makes movies. They're not very good. I just wanted more story. It's <laughs> the most villanelle note to give on a bloody murder. Uh, I was also a little surprised because this whole personality is like, I don't even like touching or being in the right. same room as people. And to Me like too. really get his hands dirty. I could totally see like a hypodermic needle via drone or something. Right, or like watching someone else kill someone, which obviously we know he's into as well. Oh, yeah, wanted to do that this episode. But yeah, I agree. I was surprised by the fact that he was like really into a gory bed murder. The fact that he wants to own everyone in the world's private information, sell it to the highest bidder, and order, like, close members of his own family killed is not enough. We get this one final reveal in terms of how shitty this shitty, uh-huh. shitty man is. In case we weren't convinced that he deserved to die, <laughs> we needed one more little argument against him. And we got it. Yes. So, in the course of events, Aaron Peel ends up extremely dead oh, yeah. at the hands of Villanelle. Killed will, so hard. We will discuss the precise <laughs> means by which this happens later, but... Eve freaks out, goes back to the hotel. Carolyn walks in. And I think the significant, most significant plot development is we finally get the reveal of her master plan, which Carolyn delivers in extremely Carolyn fashion to Eve. All right. That seems clear cut. Good. Good? Well, it's a bit clumsy, but it's not a terrible result. What about the weapon, the buyers? Unfortunately, Aaron Peel isn't the first megalomaniac to think about weaponizing and selling data. But now, thanks to you and Villanelle, he can't. You wanted him dead. You sent us here to kill him. On the contrary, I told you both, repeatedly and strenuously, not to kill him. But it's hardly our fault if an assassin for the Twelve murdered Aaron Peel. In fact, I think people would be rather relieved. Okay, yeah, so Carolyn just manipulated Eve and Villanelle into killing somebody. Yeah, and um, in like you said, true Carolyn fashion doesn't seem guilty about it at all, is very matter-of-fact, and she's just the best. And even in this situation, I'm like, you're such a professional, and like Eve looks like such a little goofball. Yeah, okay, I'm just going to be straight up here. Team Carolyn, she's right. She did what she needed to do. She did, this was, she's right, it was Eve's plan all along. She let Eve... Do whatever she wanted. Eve didn't want to do that paperwork either, obviously. <laughs> and Carolyn, I mean, yes, it was shitty and it was like very extremely shady, but you know, Eve is not blameless Listen, here at all. We are residents of America, a country that has done far worse and uglier <laughs> things in the name of national security than have an evil tech guy murdered by an assassin yeah. and just politely not taken responsibility for it. Right. Eve literally has an out to walk away and go keep doing what she does. And out of basically pride, like in a fit of pique, she's like, I'm not going to go with you. Which is wild. Like, Carolyn is being, is is really just like, yes, this is what I wanted. And like, yes, you see where you went wrong. And now we're going to move on and like forget about this, essentially. And Eve's like, no. And she is, like, just kind of throwing a temper tantrum. Yeah, it's not even, like, it's wrong that you killed somebody. Right. It's it's wrong that you manipulated me into killing somebody without me being fully aware of it. Right, and manipulated my girlfriend into it, even though we all told her not to kill him. We just knew that she would. <laughs> yes. As she said last week, you know what I do. Yeah. 
We sure do. Um, and so just some real quick moments. While Eve is talking to Carolyn, Constantine and Villanelle are having sort of a similar discussion. Um, Very similar, actually. Yes, extremely similar. First of all, Carolyn is talking to Eve. She says, you can't be on her side and ours. She's trying to convince Eve to go with her and says, she wouldn't do the same for you. At the same time, on another part of Rome, side street, Constantine and Villanelle beautiful are Beautiful steps, very yes, scenic. Also having a discussion. Constantine's like, what if she went with Carolyn already? He knows what's happening with Yeah, Eve Constantine basically is like, hey, I got you an escape car and a gun, and you can go. You just need to, like, leave Eve behind because the 12 are going to come for you. Right. And Villanelle's like, I'm not leaving without Eve. And Constantine is like, maybe she did. Right. And Villanelle's like, she wouldn't. So we're getting like this. They're both have such faith in each other that they won't do this. And it works out like they're but right. It's also, it's also like it's for the same reason. Right. Like Villanelle is way more upset that she was manipulated into killing Aaron Peel. Exactly. Even though she was told that wasn't what she was supposed to do. Even though she would have no problem with obviously just doing it straight out. Right. She's just more mad that her mentor figure lied strategically to her than exactly. she is that she actually had to do this. And that he betrayed her and sort of chose his family over her, which was kind of a question of last season as well, when she was like, who's your favorite? Do you like your daughter better or me? And it was like, he hesitated. He's She's always been his favorite, but here we do get, he he decides to not sell her out, but manipulate her in order to get the information of his family's whereabouts from Carolyn. I thought we were friends. We are, but... We are not family. That's what Carolyn is giving you? Your family? Yeah. You choose your family over me? That's what families are. It's what they do. I wouldn't know. I are all dead. Most of them, sure. What do you mean, most of them? Are you leaving? No, not without Eve. What if she went with Carolyn already? <laughs> She wouldn't. What is it about her? We are the same. Are you sure? Shout out to Kim Bodnia. I thought that was just truly incredible he work really, from him. Really, really good. Yeah, he's been really good this season. He strikes like such an interesting mix of like comedic father figure and also just he'll say certain things to her where you're like, oh, you really have a connection. Like, you really care. Yeah, he's one of the most openly and sincerely emotional people on the show. Yeah. And the expression on his face in this scene is this like really heartbreaking mix of genuine sadness and like wanting her to make the decision that is objectively in her best interest i.e. getting the hell out of there but also just like bafflement and curiosity and just a little bit of pleasure at just how dynamic and unpredictable this like person is and it's just the implication when he walks away Villanelle is of course like I'm gonna find you and your family and he just goes I don't think so but the implication is we're not gonna see a lot of Constantine right I actually was gonna put that at the end and then I was like that's dumb to think that he wouldn't be back because he's such a great character they definitely implied that this was like his exit like the we were done with Constantine but I I feel like that's in a way that stretch. yes I'm sure he's not totally gone but right. this felt like a much more convincing and also more emotional goodbye than just him us being told that he died off screen, right. which was just totally never totally. going to happen. Yes. This felt a little more like, okay, even if he hasn't left, something has just changed in the relationship between these two characters in a way that brings Eve and Villanelle closer together, though they don't quite know it yet. Right. 
But speaking of Eve. Oh, Eve. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if we can call this a work-life balance anymore. Oh, no. There's no life. It's all work. This is like an Eve Pilastri episode-long <laughs> panic attack. Yes. This is Eve Pilastri works and is bad at it because, you know, for someone who is so infatuated with the idea of being an assassin or a secret agent or just getting to operate freely out in the world, when she actually gets any autonomy, Eve just bites it like immediately she's so bad she's so bad at her job <laughs> like it's baffling and the 12, impressive <laughs> yes <laughs> the 12 infiltrate her hotel room mm-hmm. and she basically just like screams and runs under the bed under the bed I, the first place you look you never hide under the bed i was like as soon as she went under the bed i was like oh my god she's gonna like she's in trouble they're gonna find her they're gonna take her villanelle's gonna have to rescue her no, they conveniently didn't look under the bed, which is like, okay. Yes. So the person who ke- does know how this works is Hugo, right. who plays dead out in the hallway. And Eve finds him and is like... To be clear, he gets shot. And yes, then he gets shot, dead. plays dead. Tough. Which I honestly have always wondered why more people don't do right. in spy movies. Yeah. Like, if you can plausibly be dead... Why not just pretend to be dead until right. they go away? Yeah, it's a good move by Hugo. So, smart <laughs> move because Hugo does seem to know what he's doing. Uh-huh. And then Eve sees him and is basically just like, wait a second, and runs downstairs <sighs> as he is begging her not to leave him behind. Yeah, so she hears, just before this happens, she hears Villanelle use the safe word gentleman, which, you know, in the previous episode, Villanelle was like, I don't know how I'm going to work that into a sentence, which was like, all right. Yeah. But she does work it into a sentence when she sees a picture of Raymond. And yes. knows that he's coming, knows that the 12 has infiltrated Aaron Peel. And so she later on is like, I did it on accident. But it's clearly on purpose. She's trying to get Eve to come, right? Yes. And Eve, before she can call in reinforcements, yes. the 12 run in happens. Hugo right. gets shot. And she basically just has to go completely on her own without any sort of backup, which— Obviously a tough situation, but I do feel like there are better ways to handle it than just straight up walking into a room with two psychopaths with a goddamn letter opener. It's actually wild that her first decision is like, I'm just going to run into the room and whenever Villanelle needed, I'm going to take out my earpiece first of all. She's not still listening to Villanelle. She takes out the earpiece, runs into the room, like dressed like a maid with a letter opener is like, I'm going to help this super competent psychopath like I yeah no (laughs) contingency plan acting out of pure impulse again extremely villanelle behavior just being like I'm gonna do what my subconscious is compelling me to and just not run it by my super ego in any way Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's just not great but serious series of L's for me I will say the the one W is that the one time she performs really well under pressure is she's trying to leave the hotel and a 12 assassin kind of catches her and then she seamlessly pretends to be a hotel stewardess or a like front desk attendant uh-huh. which goes in an interesting direction. Do you live here? In Rome? Yes. Are you free tonight? What? For dinner. Uh, yeah, sure. My, my shift finishes at six. Okay. I'll pick you up at six then. My name's Danny. Do you like sushi? Sure, I love sushi. Okay, cool. See you later then. 
This is just such, like, classic Killing Eve to me. I love this moment so much. It was. Her, like, horrible acting and, like, the panic in her eyes while also being like, oh, my God, is this really happening? Like, I... Yeah, like, just men are duel. so dumb. Yeah. Also, extremely, like, Assassin Show crossover. I got hard no-ho Hank vibes from this <laughs> cheery, bald, large, organized yes, criminal. for sure. And then, in a call back to the ghost and how the ghost was able to conceal herself on the way out Eve spies a bunch of maids uniforms and on the fly is like okay this is how I'm going to get my way into Aaron Peel's palazzo which right. is successful it is a little and, too successful <laughs> you know is a, is a smart interesting commentary on how older women and women of color are ignored blah 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 right. back to the you know the themes just of the first few episodes immediately <laughs> just nips that in the bud uh-huh. by running into a breakfast room with two cold-blooded murderers uh-huh, who have just bonded and are continuing to bond over yes, their like literally shared love of murder <laughs> you can hear villanelle's peals of laughter they appear to be having a grand old time <sighs> and eve's instinct is to not pause at all nope just go barging on in so even villanelle Murder Aaron Peel. Uh-huh. Mostly Villanelle, but Eve obviously In helped spirit. that happen. <laughs> they go back to the hotel. Everyone has their moment with their mentor. Right. Constantine also in the same conversation reveals that MI6 was also very aware the 12 was in play. Yes. And that they asked the 12 to hold off on putting Villanelle out of her misery until after the job had been accomplished. So again, I guess MI6 and the 12 just have an open channel communication. Yeah, basically the same. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, every episode that line about if you go up high enough, we work for the same people goes more and more. Yes. But basically, Raymond... Oh, Raymond. ...shows up again. (laughs) Just the worst. (laughs) Standing there with an axe. She's like, how long have you been standing there like that? Oh, he is truly the worst. Yes. Um, Villanelle says so in a cut before a cut to commercial break. Just says yeah. what we're all thinking. But things go south. As they tend to do when Raymond is involved. Yes. I had forgotten that we... I watched the episode twice, and the first time I'd forgotten that it was established ahead of time that Villanelle has a gun. Like, Constantine yeah. tells her, I left a gun, and then we see her we take see it her out of the compartment. It. Right. So this is all, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but this is all sort of her manipulation of Eve, and they are end up basically fighting Raymond together. Yes, and of in an episode that has many indicators that Eve is both slightly incompetent in her job and also maybe psychopath, I thought the number one was when she has the axe and she is walking up to Raymond and she has the opportunity and she decides to try to give herself like one last out so she doesn't have to do this and she just goes please stop (laughs) (laughs) stop talking my girlfriend it's never going to happen no and it's just such a like I don't want to admit to myself that this is something I'm going to and like definitely a little bit want to do so I'm just going to just last resort one little pathetic attempt so she kills Raymond and Eve is now a murderer, which Villanelle is extremely psyched about. Thrilled about it. Incredible facial expressions from Jodie Comer. Oh my God, just so good. Unmitigated delight. So, so, she's so good in this scene. And my favorite part is when they're walking down the stairs. Eve's like, I'm going to be sick. She's like, you're going to be fine. Like, don't be sick because, like, they'll be able to find us. She's like, sort of like, it's like aftercare, like murder aftercare, <laughs> where she, like, takes off the maid costume and she's walking her down the stairs and she turns around to look at Raymond and, like, gives Eve this little hug. And, like, lays her head on her shoulder while looking at Raymond's, like, 
crushed corpse. Yes, the physical body language is incredible. Also, just amazing action work. Like, the fight yeah. choreography between her and Raymond, it's really fun that the murderous 20-something-year-old woman who's in incredible shape in this, like, <laughs> slouchy middle-aged man who is apparently a husband and father. Uh-huh. It does seem like a fair fight, but also, like, you really get a sense of how well-trained Villanelle is right. and how formidable yeah, she is. we don't see her do that much physical fighting. It's a lot of, like, stabbing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stabbing, a lot of shooting. <laughs> but we don't get that much, like, hand-to-hand combat. So this, it's always fun when we do, and it was really fun to watch her and Raymond get after it. Absolutely. Even but, more fun to watch Raymond get his head squished. Yes. Last season culminated in Eve committing an act of violence that crossed a barrier she hadn't crossed before. And the season had her sorting through the psychological aftermath and what that means. And this season does that times like a hundred. It's a very intense version of the same situation yes. where instead of stabbing someone, Eve has now like not only murdered someone, but murdered them with an axe via several blows to the head. Right. He's like, you're going to have to chip away at me. And she really does. It's yeah. Quite horrible. Like, he was right. <laughs> She's like, it is chunky. But yeah, this is like where we leave Eve psychologically on the eve of the next season. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. But going into next season. If she's alive, which we'll get into in a second. <laughs> big if. But she's. Definitely changed. She can't go back from this, yeah. like, mentally. Yeah. Like, this is a real, you know, she's going to have to grapple with how much she enjoyed it, with how much she cannot go back to civilian life anymore. Right. There's just a lot to unpack there that we can start processing through our scenes of the week. I think our first one has to be having Eve Villanelle and Aaron all be in the same room at the same time. Yes, and sort of just fighting over Villanelle and watching her, like, look back and forth and weigh her options, or at least pretend to weigh her options. First of all, I thought Aaron was great in this scene. I thought he was really good when he's like, you can tell that this is so exciting to him, and, like, such... It's so rare that something is exciting and entertaining to him that, like, when he's watching Villanelle and, like, he's like, kill Eve, and she's like, do you want to watch? And he's like, yes. Like, you can tell that he's just, like, so thrilled to have something happening and, like, be feeling something at all. And, like, obviously that's why he wants her to do this for him because that's what he wants to continue. That was just fascinating to me. I thought he was great. Yes. So here's where we get to my slight problem with this scene. Hit me. I thought Aaron Peel is great. And they've done such a good job, especially late this season, of articulating, like, what it is like to be a psychopath and Mm -hmm. what a psychopath would maybe want out of life and what is missing from their lives. And they've so well established the connection between Villanelle and Aaron that I did not fully buy Villanelle's decision to side with Eve. There isn't a lot of argument coming from Eve. It's a lot of— Please, and don't do this. Or, or like, yes, I fully believe that you'd murder me. Right. But, you know, Aaron makes a very compelling case. MI6 is paying Villanelle. He obviously has more money. He can just keep her on retainer. She'll never be bored again. They'll have kindred spirits. I just thought it, it was such a compelling case that we needed some sort of reminder in the moment of, like, what ties Villanelle and Eve together, mm-hmm. which— in addition to, like, maybe sharing some psychopathic impulses, to me is that, like— Eve understands Villanelle. Right. And understands what she wants. And there's no demonstration of that in the moment. Right. Except that, like, Villanelle is is sexually obsessed with Eve. Right. And we have been building up. I agree. We have. I mean, obviously, we've been building up this whole season. Like, Eve is her deal breaker. She's not going to kill Eve no matter who tells her to and who wants her to. And, like, that's that. And, like, obviously, we got that a few times this season. And we've been sort of wondering whether that's real 
or whether, you know, like, I mean, last again, last season we built up to Anna and Anna, you know, killing herself and Villanelle not caring. And there was always that question of whether, like, when it came down to it with Eve, whether Villanelle would kill her for the right reasons. And we did kind of get that at the end. But in this particular scene, there isn't necessarily an argument from Eve that makes it obvious why Villanelle doesn't kill her for Aaron. It's more just like that's her hard line. Like, she just won't. Yeah, and the way this show works is always, you know, the cat and mouse structure means they're mostly apart. And the show is literally fueled by these precious few scenes where they're together and you almost get a re-up of the energy that animates the rest of the show. It's like you're in a video game and you're low on HP and you eat, like, a piece (laughs) of fruit or something. Yes. And I think that puts a lot of pressure on the scenes where they are together. Mm -hmm. And it's been, like, in the previous episodes, I always thought it was really interesting that almost the point is that they're kind of losing the magic. And it's the fact that they have to work together and Eve has to kind of be her boss and ride her jock is, like, Mm -hmm. not sexy or compelling. Right. Which was the point. And now we're at the point where the purpose of the scenes has to be, like, explaining their actual fundamental connection. Right. And that was a little bit missing from both this scene and our next scene of the week. Yes. Which, you know, murder aftercare, (laughs) alfresco. Yes. In these beautiful Roman ruins. Yeah, amazing. Seriously. Shout out to the location managers who were involved in this. Just amazing work. But they're walking around and it is revealed that Villanelle has a gun and has had a gun this whole time. And very quickly, the dream of making spaghetti and going to Alaska (laughs) and Villanelle's whole demented fantasy that they're just going to, like, go cohabitate somewhere Uh falls apart. You have a gun? Yeah. Since when? Doesn't matter. Why didn't you... Hmm? Why didn't you shoot Raymond? You had it under control. No, I... You wanted me to do it. I wanted you to know how it feels. How did it feel? Wet. Yeah, like, this is a real reckoning moment, I think, for Eve. It is. And I think... Sort of as Villanelle is so quickly moving on to, like, dinner in Alaska and being happy girlfriends, riding off into the sunset. I feel like she is not quite ready for that either. But you can kind of see her, like, going along with it, being like, I'm just dazed. Obviously, I just killed someone. But, like, she's kind of there for it. And then as soon as she pulls out the gun, it's like she clicks back into reality and realizes what happened. Yeah, it's interesting because... A lot of the show has been about the just attraction between them, and then it's moved on to the next phase of this relationship, which is literally, like, quasi-abusive. Villanelle manipulates Eve into doing terrible things uh-huh. and then uses the fact that she's done terrible things as leverage over her, which we're going to have more pop culture parallels, but I actually found myself thinking a lot about, like, Rey and Kylo in Star Wars. Mm, yeah. And that whole, like, you're nothing but not to me is, like, I'm the only thing that makes you interesting. Wow. I thought you were special. It's like, it's, you know, genuine compulsion to be with someone, like, exercised in a really, like, gross, unhealthy way. Yeah, and, like, Ray thinking that she can fix him or at least being, like, I'm the only one who has this connection with him. Like, I understand him. He's done bad things, but, like, we can be better. Wow. Wow. 
Yeah, clearly I, I just think a lot about that <laughs> franchise and can find parallels in a lot of ways, but I do think this comparison yeah, is genuine. I, I also do. Also, real quick, there is a Bonnie and Clyde shout out in this episode, which I love because last week Allison was like, Bonnie and Bonnie riding off into the sunset. And then <laughs> we, a, we went home and watched this and I was like, wow, you almost nailed that one. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that Eve did not pick up on the Bonnie and Bonnie yeah. thing as well. You know, but not everyone can be Allison Herman. Not everyone can have that brain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my amazing ear for dialogue, but... <laughs> Yeah, I just think, like, this show literally began with the scene that Phoebe Waller-Bridge wrote that was the dinner table conversation, and that's obviously an incredibly high bar to meet, but I think this was a moment that where that was more, like, actively to the detriment and just in terms of the logic of the scene and the volatility of the dynamic between Mm -hmm. them. It's just really hard. It is. And it will be interesting to see how they navigate that going into season three, where they are clearly, once again, not in the same room. Yes. Probably for a good long while. Yeah, obviously the scene ends. Eve leaves, basically turns around to walk away. Villanelle shoots her in the back or in the stomach area. We, yeah. The, we'll talk well, about this It's only in extremely wide shots, but... <laughs> extremely. Eve is very much down for the count. Yes. Extremely bleeding a lot. a pool of blood coming out from her stomach area. Again, the show is called Killing Eve. It's not out of the question that she's dead, but it's probably out of the question. It would be a pretty dead. hard twist if they just set season three in the afterlife. Yeah, or like just Villanelle, the Villanelle show. It'd be like Joey on Friends. That's probably not the way to go. Just turn into the good place. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we'll see. And we'll talk about this more in a bit when we get to uh, predictions for the next season. But first, we have Jody Comercan. One last time. Which I just have to acknowledge up front that Kate wrote all of these this week. <laughs> We're just <laughs> alternating. But the spirit really moved Kate. Thank you. It really did. You know, Allison did a lot of the outline first. So I felt like when, when I got to the segment, I just went for it. Yeah. It was one final time, you know? This it's the is best. true. But without further ado. All right. You want to start? Jody Comer can violently slit my throat with a roast beef knife and drag me in front of a mirror to watch myself bleed out. I can think of worse ways to go, you know? Yeah, he wanted to watch. Yeah. He got to watch. He got to watch her kill him. Like, that's the dream, really. (laughs) Jody Comer can slap the shit out of me in the middle of a panic attack that she personally caused after summoning me with a safe word and then murdering someone in front of me. Yes. Also, shout out to the Twitter user who pointed out that can kill the shit out of me. Eve's line from last week is basically (laughs) this entire segment in a nutshell. That was very, very smart. Thank you for that. Jodie Comer can manipulate me into violently murdering someone with an axe, which is a lot of work and messy as shit, when she could have just shot him with her gun that she had the entire time. It's tough, you know? It's tough. This one, I she could. She could do it, but it would be tough. Yes. Also, small moment of the axe murder I don't think we touched on is Eve, like, planting her foot in his back to <laughs> wrench the axe out because she can't pull it out properly on her own. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. And finally, Jodie Comer can confess her love for me and then shoot me in the back. That's it. That's the whole segment. What did it to go out on? The spirit, the really the spirit of Jodie Comer can. I think they probably realized that a little bit. <laughs> Obviously, this season was written, shot, produced, and edited long before we had anything to do with this. Yeah, but, but we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, know? I feel like they they felt the echoes. They're like maybe someday a podcaster will appropriate this to express yeah. their thirst for yep. our lead actor. Yep. Speaking of admiration for the lead actor, and things that she wears. It's time for Fit of the Week. Kind of an interestingly limited week in that Villanelle, our main clothes horse, basically Uh only wears one outfit 
mm-hmm. through like 90% of the episode. Yeah, this was kind of similar to last last season's finale as well. And they kind of, not that this was unflattering because like she can, she looks great and everything, but they kind of have chosen last season it was like the pink sweater and the furry coat and the jeans. And this season it's the red jumpsuit. Like it's something that, it's an unexpected choice to put her in for at least one episode, if not the premiere of the next season. You know, it's an interesting sort of, similarity between the two. But this jumpsuit's great. Yeah, like if you're going to show a glamorous assassin in one outfit for an episode, I feel like a blood red, just extremely conspicuous jumpsuit is kind of perfect. It's great. Also, just shout out to that statement belt, which I'm choosing to believe was just a fuck you to Aaron Peel. That is just incredibly astute. Outfit spotting. (laughs) Kudos to you. Uh, Thank you. I also think we needed a shout out to Eve's maid outfit, which... As Villanelle points out, makes her look very cute. She goes, you look cute. (laughs) I love it. It's like a very well-fitting. your girlfriend. Nice little top. (laughs) I feel like also it's like the kind of thing that like someone like us just hipster trash in a big city would like ironically buy in the thrift store. Yeah, probably. I I am personally the proud owner of a Boy Scout (laughs) jersey. Hell yeah. I love it. Which I was clearly never a member of the Boy Scout. I love it. I could see that. And then finally, Finally. one one last piece of Carolyn outerwear. We couldn't couldn't go out without one more. iconic. It's like a, like almost mohair, like a fuzzy wool, like purple inflected plaid. It's great. And also, Constantine has a great coat, too, when they're talking to each other for, like, the final time. Yeah, Constantine with, like, the Rick Owens hype beast. Yeah. Like, his silhouette <laughs> is always just very edgy for an older <laughs> Russian man. It's great. But, yeah, great outerwear from both of them. I love an outerwear summit, you know? Yeah, this was not a big Carolyn episode, which I think will be felt very acutely once we get to the quote of the week. But yes. I'm glad, you know, she literally says nothing in the scene. She just silently hands Constantine the information mm-hmm. about his family, which, you know— Considering, like, the repartee between them, I thought was mm-hmm. very telling in and of itself. Yes. But at least she looks absolutely great. She always does. So to fill out the segment and to just go out on a great note, we wanted to choose our fit of the season. We've had so many options. This, this was, was just extremely tough. Extremely difficult. I, we we each picked two. Well, uh, no, kind we each, of a, We each picked multiple, <laughs> multiple options. Multiple options. <laughs> we had backups. Um, because we make the rules, and so then we don't have to follow them. So my fit of the season was the OG post-injury fit when Villanelle is back working for Raymond, sort of back on her bullshit, healed from her injury. She buys those things in the bags, pulls out the silver pants, and then later in the episode in the hotel, we see her in the purple shirt, the silver pants, the boots, and that horse blazer. I think you're right in that the fact that we had gone so long at that point without like yeah. a real full-blown... Yeah. That's, like, why, that's why I chose it. Villanelle with a budget, not just like right. thrifting it from was hospitals. Just like, it was just like she was really back on her shit and really feeling herself. And it was just so nice after like fucking nightgowns for like a full episode. It was great. Yeah, that's a great option. My number one draft pick was <laughs> the influencer bait, romantic sweeping gown that she wears in the streets of Amsterdam and rejects when someone asks to put her on their social media feed. That was fabulous. That was just such a great, like, Villanelle fuck you, I just love chaos move. It's just wearing an (laughs) incredibly ostentatious attention-seeking outfit and then being like, how dare you pay attention to me? Exactly, those huge triangle earrings. Oh, yeah, that was great. 
my number two was another, you know, ostentatious villanelle, totally inappropriate for the setting outfit, which was the black dress and veil that she wore to kill Eve. I mean, it was not sort Eve. of fitting for the setting. It, it was, was, yeah, it was morning attire, which is funeral so garb. Um, but that was just iconic. Yeah, I just kept with the Amsterdam episode, which yes. I thought was like really which, collectively uh, the collectively high Collectively the best fit yes. episode. Yes, I think we can both agree on yes. that. But my second Amsterdam fit pick huh, <laughs> was when she kills the dude and wears the pig mask with the big oh, yeah. fluffy. It just felt like, I just love that it recalled the Molly Goddard dress from last season, yeah. but was somehow like even more demented and disturbing. Yeah. Just Anything Villanelle is in like fluffy pink, it's a slam dunk. Also, just real quick, the red blazer from the Amsterdam episode was also just devastating oh, to me, personally. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, collectively, all the loungewear, I feel like, oh, yeah, deserves one yeah. last shout out. Uh, just there's a lot to sustain us and our mood boards between seasons. Yes, so much. Just like to say a thank you. Yes. And we'll just do quote of the week now, which, Let's do it. as we mentioned, you know, it's the rat holding a can of Coke award because Carolyn is amazing. Uh-huh. And Carolyn gets like one scene to just be a incredibly competent supervillain. <laughs> so not a lot of her this week. I just wanted to shout out Hugo for <laughs> when Eve is like, wait, you're alive when she sees his like splayed out body and he just goes, yes, I played dead. The hero's technique. <laughs> Which he's saying as he's like bleeding out from the stomach. I love a one-liner on like the verge of death. Yes. Also calls Eve Mrs. Robinson when he yeah. offers to get her coffee, which is rude. <laughs> Extremely rude. Props to Hugo. Also, when, when Villanelle slaps Eve mid-panic attack, she goes, you're in shock. You needed the surprise. Like hiccups. <laughs> of course. Those are similar things in Villanelle. Yes, head. exactly. They're the same thing. And then also Villanelle, when she's squaring off against Raymond and he's talking about how he's fantasized about various ways to kill her while taking care of his family and dropping off his kids. And she just goes, I bet your kids are ugly. Which for <laughs> Villanelle, who values like beauty and aesthetics above all else, is a vicious insult. And Raymond just responds, they are. They are. <laughs> this was really great. She had like a couple great ones. Just when she first sees him, she's like, oh, you're the worst. How long have you been standing there? She's just so over it and like so like, well, can someone please kill you. So that was great. Also, just real quick, a general honorable mention for Aaron's season-long commitment to dragging MI6. He just was so committed to dunking on MI6 at any opportunity that when Eve runs into his house in the middle of breakfast with this woman, Billy, that he has no idea is Villanelle, he literally, the first thing he says is, Do the Secret Service really pay that badly? I would have found you something a bit more exciting than cleaning my house if I'd known. He's, like, so committed to dunking on MI6, even in this, like, extremely fraught moment of, like, why are you here? It's just great. Yeah, he just has utmost unrelenting contempt for everyone around him, which is an attitude I may or may not be able to relate to. (laughs) So we're going to dive into what we're looking forward to for next season. But first, we mentioned there's just a lot in the greater universe that Mm -hmm. seems to be, like, vibrating on the same frequency, starting in our extended universe segment. Also, real (laughs) quick spoiler warning for the following things. Game of Thrones, John Wick, and Fleabag Season 2. I don't know if we're going to spoil John Wick. It's just about yeah, how— Yeah, you're right. Just but a lot just of people general. get punched in that movie. But yeah. yes, I did mention a character on Game of Thrones earlier, but I did not say what happened oh, to I, him. I'm pretty sure I did, So, but it's fine. It's fine. You know, everyone's it's seen been it by a now. week. It's been a week. Guys, it's just—anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yes, so Game of Thrones, one last spoiler warning. Basically— John does to Daenerys in the finale exactly what Eve did to Villanelle mm-hmm. last finale, 
Yeah. So. And it's like weirdly similar. Like I was thinking about it and like even Villanelle, you know, they have the conversation. They're like, I think about you all the time. Villanelle's like laying next to her, sort of like bonding, like, oh, this moving forward, like we're going to be a thing. Danny's like, you know, he's like, you're my queen. She's like, rule next to me. He's like, yes. And then, and then he, he goes in for the kiss instead of, like, almost going in for the kiss. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, yeah, I guess, right. important distinction. But, yes, yeah. like, the same, like, surprise stabbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Love that happens. stabbing. I like to think Killing Eve made that I cool. mean, it is the most, you know, passionate expression of true. your feelings for someone it's you can true. get. So, yeah, I just wanted to shout out, like, the hand-to-hand choreography from Villanelle really put me in mind of John Wick. John mm-hmm. Wick 3 came out this week, which has these just absolutely stunning, almost balletic, highly choreographed fight sequences. And it was just fun to see another fictional assassin, uh-huh. you know, get to flex that side of their repertoire. Yes. And then also hotels. So right, I would just— of course. I would just pay a lot of money to see Villanelle check in to the Hotel Continental. Oh my god! <laughs> Possibly on the upcoming Star series coming in twenty twenty. Her outfit would her outfits would like blend right in though. A lot of like fancy dressers in the John Wick universe. Oh, absolutely! And she could acquire like a bulletproof suit oh my like god. John Wick has. Oh my god! Oh yeah, she was so thrilled with all her like equipment from MI six earlier this season. Oh yeah, she would be like a kid in a candy shop. Yeah. That'd be great. At the very least, somebody write that fan fiction, please. At the very <laughs> least, cast Jodie Comer in John Wick for Justin. You know it has to happen. Please. And then finally, <laughs> Fleabag. Fleabag season two. Uh, Catherine Van, I believe, Arendonk, Van yes. Arendonk, tweeted <laughs> presenting Phoebe Waller Bridge is obsessed with clothes attached to other clothes. So she posted a picture of the Is That a Sweater Attached to a Shirt line from Killing Eve season one. And then a picture of. Fleabag season two, where Fleabag is making out with the hot priest. And she goes, this is a skirt and trousers? (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, some parallels there. Yeah, also mild spoiler for Fleabag season two. But Mm -hmm. you've seen the hot priest beams by now. You guys have got to watch it. You know it's great. Oh, God, it's just incredible. It's so good. Not least because Fiona Shaw is in it playing Fleabag's therapist. Oh, she's extremely good, too. It's very short cameo, but bringing the classic Fiona Shaw just discourse that we expect I know it's my so favorite like my favorite moments for that scene first of all is like are you sure you want to fuck the priest or do you want to fuck God and <laughs> Fleabag is like can you fuck God and then Fiona Shaw is like yes and just no elaboration <laughs> there you go that's your uh, teaser for Fleabag season 2 if you haven't watched it you can you know handle your post killing Eve depression with Fleabag for it's, three hours and then it'll be over <laughs> yeah and then you'll just have more depression but it's yes, fine it's fine it's part of life it's worked so far for us <laughs> so we now have a whole year to wait before there will be a new season of Killing Eve. We mm-hmm. we know it's happening, yes. so that's good. Yes. Season three, there's going to be a new showrunner. Uh-huh. I think we should just sort through, like, what we think is on the horizon, because I think this season finale is maybe a little bit worryingly, like, a little bit circumstantially the same as last finale. Yes. So, we obviously, the injury is reversed. But someone has, one of the two has injured the other two. Yes. Last season, it was like a little more surprising because it was like the one who isn't a professional right. contract right. killer did it. But we're in a similar, like, Eve is on the outs with MI6. Uh-huh. And extremely on the outs with her husband. Yes. Uh, Villanelle is now on her own. They are once again separated. Eva's once again committed some act of violence that she's going to need to process when she's, like, recuperated from the immediate trauma. Right. But, you know, there's a similar situation and then I'm a little concerned that there might be a similar like walking back 
mm-hmm. where Eve somehow ends up back with MI6, Villanelle somehow ends up back with, if not the 12, like some other employer. I do think it's like a little more drastic of a break this time. Yes, agreed. And a little less easy to walk back. Like, I don't think Eve's going to be back with Constantine or Villanelle's going to be back with Constantine right. or 12 anytime soon. Right. But it is a little bit like they've written themselves into the same corner. Agreed. Yeah, we were talking about this after the episode. And it, it yeah, it's just sort of flip-flopped. I think a major difference is that Eve won't. I mean, can, we're going to proceed as if Eve is not dead. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's called Killing Eve, but Sandra O oh is still a superstar yes. and the star of the show. Um, so we are going to assume that she's not. I Eve isn't going to wake up and be like, she shot me to show me how much she loves me, which is going to be, the, I think, the main difference between last season with Villanelle and next season with Eve. I think Eve is going to have a lot of problems at home and maybe turn to sort of the psychopathic murder life, maybe, to deal with that? I don't quite know. Yeah, I could see her maybe, instead of going back to work for MI6, being convinced to work for maybe the 12, because now all of a sudden they both don't like Villanelle. Right. And Raymond was like, we're going to come after you. So I would not be shocked if the 12 were like, we we just want Villanelle, and you no one knows Villanelle and her movements better than you, mm-hmm. and you're unemployed it's and probably depressed. the only thing depressed. you're good at, Eve. Yes. <laughs> it's the only reason anyone would want to pay you the big bucks. And yes. send you off to Rome. Yeah, so I, I agree. I think, do we think MI6 will still be in the picture next season? We can't not Carolyn, have Carolyn. Yeah, she's got to. And we kind of made her into her own character this season. Like, she started having her own scenes. We started learning more about sort of the inner workings of MI6 from her perspective. So I do think it's possible that, like, not that she has her own storyline, but that we start getting more of the MI6 storyline from her perspective as opposed to Eve's. Yes. I also think the conversation with Villanelle in season one is, like, the one loose end we still really have. Like, they did a really good job of tying off, like, all the Carolyn is setting Eve up for something, mm-hmm. Kenny is helping out with it, maybe. Yeah. Like, all that is resolved. I We still don't really know what they were doing talking to each other. Right. Which I could see the show just, like, moving past, yes, but they agreed. could also <laughs> right. resolve and, that. Yeah, and as sort of we we see that the 12 and MI6 are extremely tangled up, I think it is easier for, for Carolyn to be increasingly involved with the 12 and maybe like more of a shady, like untrustworthy character. But yeah, I, we can't, I think, again, we won't have a season three without Carolyn. She's a vital part of the show now. Yes, we think... As we mentioned, Constantine probably going to be less of a presence, though probably not entirely gone. I think same with Nico. Mm. There's got to be some, yo, your assassin girlfriend murdered my emotional affair. Right. Lame teacher girlfriend. Right. Uh, maybe there should be some consequences. I should hope so. Yeah. I mean, as much as we like Nico, like, I don't want to say he's outstayed his welcome, but, like, I wouldn't be mad with less Nico next season. Yeah, less Nico, but like, I do think— He just think, doesn't serve much of a purpose anymore. I just think he needs to show up to, like, really drive home the guilt right? that there has been, like, a real collateral damage. Agreed. One little loose end that sort of presented itself in this episode, when Constantine and Villanelle are talking, you know, he talks about how he's basically chose his family over her, and she's like, my family are all dead. I wouldn't know. And he goes, most of them, yes. And she really quickly is like, what do you mean? And then they kind of move on. That feels like it's setting the tone for uh, one of Villanelle's family members to potentially show up next season. Yes, which is interesting to me because I thought one of the best and most fun and smart things that season one did is Eve goes in 
like otherwise understanding Villanelle, but is like something happened to you. Right. And goes looking for that foundational trauma and I think assumed that Anna's husband had hurt her in some way. Uh-huh. And the reveal kind of sort of is just Villanelle has always been this way right. and just like does not have that internal hardwiring. And right. like there's no big trauma or scare or foundational life of it. It's literally just like she is what she is right. from the start. Right. So I think it would be disappointing if a family member showed up and walked that back, but also interesting if a family member shows up and is like, I know she's evil because she's just been bad from the beginning. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, we kind of started, I don't want to say we started to humanize Villanelle this season, but we did, it became very clear that, like, she does actually actively care about Eve. And, you know, she she cried this season and she had feelings this season, or at least, like, presented that she had feelings. And yeah, I don't know that I would love it if a family member showed up and like started being like, like oh yeah, something happened to make her this way or like just like started to humanize her in that respect. I, I would like it if, you know, we get another psychopathic Villanelle family member or I don't know, just Ooh, somebody who can... Psychopath gene. You know? <laughs> Interesting. Also like, I, I mean, if she has to like kill a family member, I would be into that too. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yep. And then finally, I know you had some thoughts about the physical aspect of the you know, Villanelle relationship. I do. I just, it's been two seasons. I get that it has to be a slow burn. I get that their relationship is like this arm's length, cat and mouse, psychosexual thing, but like, is a makeout scene too much to ask for? Yeah, I just thought it was very. Like, it made sense that Eve would not be in the mood to make out when Villanelle is all hot to trot after they've killed someone (laughs) and is, like, going in and Eve is just like, what are you doing? I agree. She would not have been in that in the rune scene. I, for a second, really thought it was coming. And it just, it feels like such a choice that they haven't had any sort of, like, physical interaction in that way, which I don't, I don't mind it at all. I think it's, like, one of the main ways that you can tell that, like, women are writing this show and that, like, it's just not important that they can be in love and they can be attracted to each other and have this intensely sexual relationship without ever having sort of, like, demonstrating that physically. But just, like, you know, there's just a part of me that's, like, sort of, like, the now kiss meme, like, pushing them together. Yes. I agree. <laughs> I, I think it will it. happen. It is the logical it. place for them yeah. to go in season three. Yeah. But you're right. It is a pressing concern. I hope it is at the top of the writer's agenda. Yes. Give but- us a makeout scene in season three. Start the Twitter hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) Now kiss killing Eve. (laughs) We'll work on that. We'll workshop it. We have a whole year. (laughs) You heard it here first. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to this amazing season. It's been a pleasure. It really has been. It's been so great to see people respond and be just as excited by the show as we are and having fun, which is something the show does and does so well that I feel like I don't get from a lot of other TV. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, and Allison and I, I mean, last season and all we ever do is talk about Killing Eve. Like, So it was nice to do it like permanently and on mic for an hour every week. It's going to be a bummer not to just like talk about Villanelle's outfits every week. The studio is really <laughs> my safe space. For we'll have to find another fit of the week show unhealthy obsession to get into. I'm sure we'll come up with something. Anyway, there will be more podcasts about more TV shows, including Billions, which is currently running on the Recapables feed. And until then, until next year, thank you guys. 